Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels, the show where we cover the wonderful world of video games and try to discuss what's been happening in the industry. Wow, I managed to get through that one. Three takes was all it took. My name is Patrick Beja and today I am welcoming our good friend Ed Mitchell. How is it going, sir? Man, it's going great. It's nice and sunny and warm over here and I'm, I'm ready to talk about some video games. Nice. I'm back in Finland, so it's sunny. I wouldn't say warm. It's actually kind of nice. It's okay. So there, I, I have, you know, one and a half of the three. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, that's um, something. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, the privileges of living in, in Finland, which I won't talk about here. That would be a conversation for the Phileas Club. We'll leave that <laughs> for then. Um, so what do we have to cover today? Um, more financial results. And as always, you know, we're not going to be covering all of the meaningless numbers, but we're going to cover a couple and then some uh, little tidbits that came out of the um, uh, the, the calls, the analyst, the conference financial calls um, that we got. There is some interesting stuff coming out of uh, BioWare, Ubisoft, and a number of other things. Um, and we're going to be talking about Quake Champions, which I played a number of announcements. But uh, we're in the pre-E3 month, so it's not like super duper active video game news. So I'm guessing it's not going to be the longest show ever. Um, <laughs> before we start, though, I really did want to thank the people who uh, gave me feedback on the episode, on the latest episode, the last one. And uh, overall, it was pretty positive. I was kind of surprised. I was expecting um, some negative feedback. And overall, people were pretty happy with the episode. Uh, for those who didn't listen, I did the, that episode alone. Um, and I wasn't super confident with my ability to uh, create an entertaining piece of uh, podcasting alone. But apparently, people were not too disappointed. Of course, I, you know, I'm not going to be doing all uh, the episodes that way, but every once in a while, maybe, and hopefully I'll keep getting better at it. Uh, but today, there's two of us, and we're going to be talking about what happened during the Activision Blizzard um, results, uh, investors' calls. And I guess, I mean, Blizzard is kind of a 
a pretty incredible company and having worked there, you know, biases, all of that. But Overwatch is a billion dollar title already. And, you know, it's been out, it's celebrating its first year now. Um, Hearthstone is breaking their uh, old time records of daily active uh, players and they are also celebrating uh, 70 million Hearthstone players, and Overwatch is celebrating 30 million players. Uh, in the case of Hearthstone, of course, it's a free-to-play game, so it doesn't mean the same thing. And in the case of Overwatch, 30 million players doesn't necessarily mean 30 million copies sold, since you know, in some markets you buy playtime and all of that. But, you know... I, I look at Blizzard and where they were when uh, Diablo launched and there were a number of issues there and people were starting to think, you know, StarCraft II wasn't performing incredibly well. WoW's popularity was kind of waning. And it was like, okay, maybe Blizzard has had their day in the sun and things are going to, you know, it's still a great company, but maybe they're not going to have a super mega hit again. And Hearthstone in the free-to-play area uh, probably is a mega hit. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's played it at some point. And Overwatch now is doing it again. What the hell is Blizzard putting in their games? It's, it's. I mean, I talked about it last time. I think there's a lot of care and uh, artistry, artistry in, in those games. Um, no, Patrick, it's they pure know. crack cocaine. <laughs> I mean, the way I look at it, they, I, I think I talked about last time, they make, you know, they want to make a lot of money. And in order to make a lot of money, they make great games that people are going to buy. That's a really in innovative uh, way of looking at markets. But um, I don't know. I mean, you're also a Blizzard fan, so we're not going to get yeah. some super critical uh, uh, opinions here, I think. But uh, a billion dollar game already for Overwatch? What's your take on that? I mean... The, the the reason that I th I think it became so popular so fast is like you said the Blizzard Magic, but also the fact that it kind of was one of first in class. It wasn't the first of of its kind of game come out, but it was the first kind of game that that uh that had the charm and the um I guess the je ne sais quoi so to speak. <laughs> Um, that that really made it seem like something that was that was special and out of the ordinary, and the amount of care that they that they put into it, and and the way that the game is was pretty fairly well balanced when it came out. Um, nothing was too too overpowered, or everything was overpowered, so nothing was overpowered. Um, it, it created this this game that people wanted to play and people wanted to keep playing and people wanted to spend money on these, the loot boxes and all this stuff. And, um, they just found the right mixture of fun and, uh, seriousness and storytelling and gameplay. Well, you could that, say that's about older know. games, right? I mean, True. They're yeah, all yeah. Treated it's just in the same overwatch formula. was, was completely new. You know, yeah. they managed to take something that they, they managed to revive the ashes of what was the fallen t Titan and then they created something completely new that was something they've never done before. Well, and so, yet they, they hired a bunch of people from like Turtle Rock and stuff like that, like ex-Turtle Rock developers, to create this kind of game. But they, this is really something new that they haven't tried before. 
Yeah, for sure. And they succeeded really well yeah. at something yeah, they had obviously. never done before. But as you mentioned, they weren't the first, you know, uh, arena shooter, champion shooter, however, hero shooter, I think is the official term now. Um, they weren't the first. They were kind of in the, the launch window. But yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I know why, and I talked about it last time, I think why it, you know, it, they have successes where others don't but what do you think like because they weren't the first ones and yet they're the ones that succeeded what's the what makes this different from oh what was the other, battleborn battleborn yeah mm -hmm. or paladins or we're going to talk a little bit about quake champions as i said uh, in a in a little bit and i i absolutely know what's different between overwatch and quake champions Between Overwatch and, and Battleborns or Paladin, I understand they're not they're not the same game, and you know obviously there are differences. But what is the key difference that makes it different? I'm not you know that makes one super successful and the others not so. So I, for for me, I feel like there's a lot more soul behind Overwatch, and I think what that really is is the developers are given a chance to do not only what they want, but Blizzard as like a corporate entity is kind of hands off from their, or it feels this way from the outside looking in, that they're kind of hands off from their developers. There's not a lot of like top-down direction going on. It's kind of uh, when you're in the team, it kind of seems very collaborative and they're able to to work together. And so that, that I think those kind of products Uh, products come out with a lot more um, soul and heart versus like Battleborn, which felt kind of lifeless. Um, the characters didn't seem to jive very well, um, at least from my my perspective. Yeah, and and but Gearbox is a developer that has although who is it? Randy Pitchford. P Pitchford. Pitchford? Yeah, Randy Pitchford. Thank you. Wow, I can't speak today. Pitchford. Uh, <laughs> um, He, I mean, I've heard things that, you know, he was, uh, I've heard people complaining that he was way too hands-on and he was uh, changing things last minute. And, right. But it's not like Gearbox is not a developer that seems to enjoy the same kind of freedom. Maybe they don't have the same amount of financial freedom. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not, I wouldn't expect a, a publisher, like a developer like uh, Gearbox to be the corporate the corporate product people, right? And, yeah. And, but that's what kind of what you're saying. It felt marketing-y, ticking boxes. Right, right. I mean, it, mm. if you went to like Apex or something like that and you saw like the gigantic Battleborn booth, Oh. You would not, you would not disagree that that it was like marketing machine kind of feeling. Um, mm. I feel like like Overwatch, of course, had like the TV spots and stuff like that, but it really felt like they were spending their money where they needed to, which was on the game and not so much on the on the marketing. Mm. Um, and it, Gearbox is is an interesting um, comparison because they have definitely grown. A little bit more since since Borderlands, you know, Borderlands yeah. was probably the the first game that really did something for them. 
Um, yeah, I mean, but, we, we talked about Paladins, which is probably a third one that is comparable and in the same trend. And Hi-Rez, I don't think it's fair to compare them because Hi-Rez Studios, even though they did have uh, uh, Smite, uh, is not as you know it's not a big studio i don't yeah think. but it's, but, it's but money just is money and budget wise yeah yeah i mean and they're, they're tri- definitely they not tribes. a big compared to to blizzard even gearbox but still yeah. it's a, like a full yeah i see what you mean right yeah. um right but you were saying gearbox is is uh is a, a full studio but still it's not the same kind of uh yeah it just i and don't get me wrong i, I love the borderlands games um yeah so do i but there's there's something about i think part part of it might be that the with battleborn they were like going it's hard to describe but more like humor based you know versus more than borderlands i guess yeah 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 i mean you had the big giant hulking guy with the really really tiny head as like Mm -hmm. their front man character um and overwatch they they don't take themselves too seriously but at least it's a it's a little bit more serious, and the humor that's there is more of like kind of crack a joke humor than it is the entire basis of the entire game and in the world is based around a joke, you know? Yeah, no, I I completely understand. It's like in Paladins, there was this cute little penguin that was a murderous, uh, yeah, a hole, right. right? And that feels formulaic. And I think that one of the things Blizzard does really well is they give something for everyone. In mm-hmm. most of their games, yeah. there is the humor, there's the heroism, there's the quirkiness, there's... Um, I'm not even talking about inclus- inclusiveness here, which I don't think, you know, was a major uh, reason for the success of the game, even though it's a great thing to have. Um, but in all of their games, there is all of those... There are all of those elements. Maybe Diablo is a little bit less on the humor side, but still, you can find some yeah. funny things. Um and and there's it's like a, a you know the equivalent of the popcorn movie a really good quality yeah, popcorn I, I was going to say the same thing it's yeah. it kind of reminds me it's very marvel you know like the marvel right. movies they're fun movies that everyone can kind of enjoy even if you don't get like everything but like in 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 overwatch you can walk down the street in in one of the maps and see like a reference to uh to wow or Diva, for God's sake, it used to be a StarCraft player. You know, <laughs> it's it's the yeah. kind of tendrils that bring it into the things that people love about other franchises, and they bring those into Overwatch, which I think helped it. You know, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it, I think the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was done. Go ahead. The 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 Marvel comparison is great because in the nature of the product they're making, there is a lot of similarities as well. Meaning, yeah, it feels like a comic book, right? It, yeah, no, but I mean, it, not just that, like the, the, the method, like the format, it is mm-hmm. easy to get into. It's like a little bit more tame in the sense that it's less hardcore. It can be super deep, but it's not like when we'll talk about Quake Champions, it's like Quake Champions is a game for a specific type of person. And if you're not that specific type of person, you're it will never hold your hand in anything. It will right. not invite you in from a game design perspective, even. But the, the, the Blizzard games are so much more, uh, I say tame, it might be construed as something negative. I don't really think it is. It's like, it's not going to punch you in the face and, and <laughs> tell you 
you're gonna like this, right? And I, I remember talking about um, the the Dark Souls franchise and and mm-hmm. talking about my experience with Bloodborne and saying how this felt like a drill sergeant telling you, you know, you're, you're coming in. The, 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 the analogy I gave was like, you're going to the forest and you're like, oh, I'm going to have a walk in the forest. And the drill sergeant is telling you like, now you're going to go fight a bear. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to what? And, and so there, the analogy went on and I think it was pretty good. Go listen back to it if you want. But Blizzard is the opposite of that. It's like, Oh, come in and you know have a drink and you're it's gonna be fun and and it it welcomes you so much. I think some players are like even in some elements of game design, it can't go as risky or actually that's not true. There are some interesting choices being made in Blizzard games as well, but I don't know exactly how to define it. It's not like a a, a core game or a hardcore game like images of darkest dungeon come to mind or some indie titles which do one thing really super well and 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 go you know balls deep into it and the the more rounded experience again it's kind of like marvel films i think some people don't like them because they're you know not enough of this or they don't take risks or but the fact remains they are incredibly well put together movies and there is humor there is action there's is some emotion um so yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting thing to think about if you have some kind of explanation for why uh blizzard games are special it would be i would be very interested to hear your thoughts um even you know valve games are more they're super well well actually okay let's not get into valve i would have lots of loving things to say about them as well um let's talk about bioware um they are not only restructuring bioware montreal which puts mass effect i don't think it's not going to happen again but i i don't think we're going to see a mass effect for a little while because they're taking uh, uh their time with mass effect which is probably good but uh they've said they're restructuring the studio. I don't know if that's a uh, 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 you know consequence of what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda, but um, yeah, they, there's that. And they also uh, were saying that they they had said they are working on a game, uh, an entirely new franchise, and that has been delayed beyond uh, next year. It was uh, supposed to come out before the end of uh, March 2018. And that's not going to happen. It's going to be coming out later. So, Bioware. Yeah, it's a shame. It's, I mean, kind of happy that they're not rushing to do things yeah. when they see mm-hmm. there's a problem. But um, it's good, you know, their game, for example, their new IP. Delay it. It's fine. It's not ready. Don't put it. Yeah. In, so, <laughs> well, so the thing that I always feel about when games get delayed, it's like, yeah, that's perfectly fine. I. I already have too little time and too many games already, so yeah. you take take as much time to make it as great as possible, and I will play it when it comes out. I'm yeah. sure. And at the same time, I really want to know what it is. But yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> um, Assassin's Creed is uh, probably the the one we're going to see this year. Uh, seems like it's going to be a prequel. It's going to be called Origins, and uh, it's going to take us to Egypt. That is the leak. There was a single 
photo, a single screenshot, uh, very poor quality. We don't know where it came from. Um, it looks like it could be legitimate, but it, it could also boats. be something completely different. Yeah, boats, boats. Yeah. I think they said something. I thought I read something, and maybe this was a different report or something, but like talk a little bit about uh, some naval battle stuff, which is kind of exciting. Well, Although Egypt and Vlad, naval battles doesn't... Well, it could be interesting. Yeah, a different kind of naval battle. Yeah. Um, but Black Flag had uh, naval combat. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There there, there might be um, something to to that. Um, yeah, I mean, sign me up. I'm... I, Played, uh, I played one uh, Assassin's Creed in its entirety. I tried a lot of them, but one, it was <laughs> Unity, and I enjoyed it. And I would, you know, the one of the, the things that is magical about Assassin's Creed is the exploration of... Yeah. Right? The, like, like, the traversal and the climbing around. Yeah. And, and being yeah. in that city, in that, you know, mm-hmm. city, and the feeling that you're actually in there. Yeah. So, yeah, Cairo and... Whenever they decide to do it, or Egypt, uh, more widely, why not? Um, what else? Square Enix is getting rid of IO Interactive. Hmm. This is kind of... This was weird to me, because uh, the latest Hitman did super well. Um, yeah. And we're not sure if Hitman, if the, the IP is going with the studio or not. Uh, I think... I think they said that it is. Okay. I, IO came out and said that it is in that season two is continuing on track. Okay. Um, whether they get the, the funds to be able to do as much with season two or beyond season two is up in the air. Um, but th- yeah, it is still going, going to stay with the IO Interactive okay. Studio. Well, and, and in that case, I think uh, Square Enix might have too many things. I think they might want to focus a little bit because they, they've had a, a, you know, the Japanese games are coming back and they have a number of Western studios. Maybe they're thinking we need to, you know, thin the, our, our portfolio a little bit. That might explain it. Or maybe they're looking at Konami, who, which is doing pretty well. Um, that is a surprise because we've railed on Konami quite a bit in the past uh, 18 months or so. And, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that I, I don't think they're doing their fans a, a service. Yeah. But their mobile games mostly are the ones that are bringing in the cash and that's what they're doing. Um, well, I, th- I think they made a couple of smart decisions business-wise that made a lot of uh, core gamers hurt, but it, it obviously has worked out for them. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're making more money than Square Enix. That is, yeah. you know, making fun of Konami was probably misguided. I mean, we didn't make fun of them, but it was like, oh, you're leaving the world of video games. It, they they weren't really. They have Yu-Gi-Oh! and their baseball thing and their, uh, you know, P... Uh, PS, it's PS. Oh, how's it called? The football thing. Um, I can't remember how it's winning eleven in uh, in uh, Japan and uh, Pro Evolution so- Soccer. There you go. Uh, the club <laughs> manager thing on on um, mobile, and mm-hmm. that's where they're making the money. They're not, you know, they're making money a little bit with uh, Super Bomberman 
are on the Switch. I'm guessing that's not a lot, but they have uh, their baseball thing also on um, on consoles and Pro Evolution Soccer as well. They have the Metal Gear Survive, which is going to come out sometime this year. So they're still doing some things, but yeah, they went where the money was, which is mobile, especially in Japan. Yep. So, yeah, I'm still not happy about it. Um, right. So that's, uh, numbers wise, what we learned, uh, a few announcements now, uh, Prey is getting pretty good reviews. I'm, I wasn't sure what to think about that game, but, um, I went and tried it a little bit. I think I played less than an hour. Um, so I'm, this is, you know, it's not like I can talk about the game, uh, with any sort of confidence, but it was kind of a mind fuck if i can uh, <laughs> if i can say that word maybe i shouldn't um and it's really interesting story wise but mechanics wise it didn't grab me it felt really? a little bit janky but uh, so have you i mean you've only been 30 minutes in so you haven't really gotten into the the, the core of the alien versus human skills and stuff like that no 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 but but one of the cool things that, that I've heard about is that when you get a little bit deeper into the alien tree, the automated turrets, which you can use to like shoot off the aliens, they start to turn on you. Oh. Because you're more alien than human, right? So, you know, um, so there's a couple of cool like meta stuff that happens with the skill trees and stuff like that. And um, at that point, you're like, what do I do? <laughs> because yeah. I already have my points in the... Yeah. It's you know it feels like the kind of thing um the the kind of experience that uh would have blown me away, blown me away five years ago hmm. I don't know why you know or maybe ten years ago it's like it feels a little bit like bioshock or yeah you know that kind of thing where I would have been amazed back then and when now it's like oh well it's it's a good game we have do you get do you get deals. a similar vibe from it as you do from dishonored which is the other game that arcane made or the other like new franchise um a little bit but i thought from the very little bit that i played it felt like dishonored was more mechanically uh perfected okay but uh yeah, that's also well, what I've heard. But it's getting, I mean, it's getting really good reviews. Dishonored so. is very, like, about the traversal and the the stealth and the, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so I had a little bit more mechanics-wise to kind of guide mm-hmm. guide you through. Possibly, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how much traversal is in this one. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll get to it. But it's another one of those games where, all right, it's a good game. Plenty of those yeah. to go around. So. Yeah. I think, I think, so I'm really loving Horizon right now. And I think that after that, I might uh, skip over Andromeda and go straight to Prey, um, okay. which should should mention something because I I played about an, an hour or two of Andromeda. It didn't didn't hook me like like the first one did. Did uh, Horizon hook you immediately? Yes, yes. Okay. So I love games where you play with a bow. <laughs> um, <laughs> to- Tomb Raider was probably the the kind of introduction into that kind of gameplay. Um, but the satisfying feeling of like having a bow and like shoot people in the head and stuff like that. Um, it's a good feeling. And, and horizon does a lot of cool things with, 
the storytelling like you can go if you go around and like there's a little debris piles of like the the old world or whatever and you pick up you pick up like a bunch of things and it's like they're called ancient and then there's something else so it's like weird ancient ring and it, and if you look at the icon of the item it's a key ring like it has keys on it okay and so they oh, don't really understand okay, the okay, idea okay. of key, what keys are so they're just like oh this is some cool ancient ring that that the, the ancient people used to wear and they're they're worth <laughs> they're just worth you just trade them in for money but it's just like the the it's the little things in in, right, in the game right, that right. that remind you that this is a future world after like post-civilization and these people are way outside of the bounds where they don't remember anything from before. Mm. You know? That sound that weird ancient ring is actually it makes me want to play the game. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's cool. It's cool. And the, the the idea is that the you're the one person in the entire tribe that can go and explore these like ancient ruins and stuff. Yeah. So you're like, and okay, it, don't say like, too much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay, it's okay. Fun. Maybe you know what? Maybe I'll I'll give uh I'll give that one a try instead of pray. Maybe I won't <laughs> insist too much on pray. I mean, it's get it's getting good reviews. I just think it's not my specific cup of tea. Right, um, right. Didn't grab me immediately. Although maybe like a fine wine, you need to learn to appreciate it. Yeah, you should um, know that, Patrick. Come on. <laughs> um, I also tried Quake Champions, and again, I've played a few hours, so it's not review or anything like that but for for that game the difference was really striking uh with overwatch in particular because uh quake is in a, a hero shooter an arena shooter and it's the venerable ancient quake which basically started it all which is trying to make it uh into today's world of colorful funny champion like hero personalization based uh world of fps of competitive fps's and uh the the beta is open i believe uh, it it opened on uh, may 12 so anyone can go and try it and so i i had played it uh, a little bit before uh got into the closed beta and the game is not at all like Overwatch. Um, I mean, yes, it's an FPS <laughs> and you have different heroes that you can choose and you're going to shoot people so they die. But from every other aspect, it is Quake. First of all, if you think that uh, Overwatch is a fast FPS... <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> yes, you do not know the days of Quake. And Quake Champions did not skim on that aspect. It is absolutely like super fast fps like faster than doom for those who have played that one um the, the recent one yeah it is like super fast and even in the you know from the interface to the game design it is not i would say it is not welcoming to people who aren't already at ease with these things it's like super PC player, PC master race oriented. The UI is really confusing, as are most 
games that are, you know, when you compare Hearthstone to other card games, there's also this element, like, you load it up and you're like, wait, where should I click? Like, what should I do? (laughs) Um, There's a little bit of that in Quake Champions. And from a design standpoint, it is, it's, there are only, so it's still a beta, so we shouldn't be too harsh, but it's it's deathmatch or team deathmatch so you're thrown in there and you have to to win or you die like you can't rely on your team not really even in in team deathmatch you're what you're doing is you have to kill people you can't like push a payload or whatever um and even in the other modes because there there is another one that opened it's super confusing like you have to protect an area and there's there's a relic and it doesn't tell you what is where and you know it's it's a i think it's gonna make quake fans happy and quite honestly i'm not saying it's it's bad i even enjoyed it for what it is because i used to play quake back in the day and i used to be you know one of those uh people so i absolutely get the attraction of that kind of uh design and that kind of 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 approach but the difference the 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 difference with overwatch is so stark that i would seriously encourage people to go download uh quake champions and try it just to see how different it can be um it feels like well it is a different game it is a different company but it's it feels like it's not the same uh uh media like one is a game and one is something else i don't know uh, do you uh, do you think that fans of quake will love it yes i think so okay. if you if you've played and that's probably what they were going for absolutely and i think they did a brilliant job they you know mm-hmm. it makes no sense to go and try and and hunt on the the lands of overwatch you're not going to be yeah replacing them now it's kind of pointless it's like people trying to make an mmo when wow had already cornered the market you you shouldn't make a super wide encompassing uh mmo you should make something that a specific kind of people enjoy and then maybe build on this and that's what they're doing they're Mm -hmm. they're they're making a game for the people who look at overwatch and snicker you know for the people who say all right you disney bs I I want a real game. And that's what, what Quake Champions is. And I think there is some generic genericity to Quake Champions. Like the when you're the Marine, he goes like he, he's like super dude bro, angry, gruff dude. And that's the kind of thing that we were talking about you know, when we were talking about uh Battleborn and um and Paladins, like there's some very generic one-dimensional characters but in quake it doesn't matter as much because that's not really that doesn't influence the game about the game isn't focused on look at how quirky we are the game is first and foremost a a, a super fast crisp mechanically uh, uh refined shooter so the rest is kind of dressing on the side um but yeah, it's a. I don't think I'm going to be playing it a lot. It's like it demands a lot of effort from you. You know, it's like you can't let up for a second. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's it's an age thing. Maybe I don't know. But <laughs> um, 
I, I don't think I was ever really into those games anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's a certain it's, kind of like thought and and brain mm-hmm. to be able to do this kind of yeah. things. I mean, it's a, it's it seems like it's shaping up like a, a great game, like a great game yeah, for the people right. who want that kind of thing. Um, one thing I will say though, the Bethesda launcher, holy crap, that is not a good piece of software. It's I mean I know a lot of people hate launchers and I'm not I don't mind all that much but wow the Bethesda one is horrible <laughs> horrible like it it, it pff, anyway so get over that if you want to uh play Quake Champions uh Dark Siders 3 was announced Ooh. a lot of people excited about this are, yeah. are you one of them yeah um so I played Dark Stars One back when it first came out because everyone was like, "Oh, it's a Zelda clone." Right. But so it's like not as good as Zelda, but it's still Zelda. And I was like, "Well, I love Zelda, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna play it." And I loved it. It's Zelda with like combat, like actual combat, which is so which is awesome. What are the the aspects? Everyone says that I I've played just a little bit of the first one, and I think a little mm-hmm. bit of the second one. Everyone says it is very Zelda like. Is it because like the the way the exploration of the world works? It's you need the that item and the thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Very very much like that. You go into the dungeon. The dungeon is is puzzle, lots of puzzle, like heavy puzzles, and then you get an item that helps you unlock like the rest of the dungeon and then beat the boss. And you know that the very Zelda formula of dungeon item boss. Mm. And then all of a sudden that opens up another area of the world. It, it very Metrovania kind of kind of feeling. Darksiders 2 was a little bit less that. They they kind of um, re-envisioned the game into kind of Diablo style. So you had loot that dropped. Um, and it was more story-based and a lot less like item, like gated by items. But it, was a, it was a li- had a little bit of that. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with Darksiders 3. And the story is really interesting. It's very um diablo like where they have a bunch of references to angels and and demons and from the bible and stuff like that um and the, the you're playing as the the female horseman and in, in, in this kind of world so it'll be cool she's kind of a, a magician kind of style uh as far as combat's concerned so it'll be cool to see kind of how she's different from uh death and war mm. I've heard some people say that the combat felt a little bit uh, Dark Souls-y. In Did the you... new one? Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I could see it, but um, I, I I would be curious to see um, how deep it goes. Because D- right. Dark Souls combat can get get pretty deep with all the gear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I didn't like about Dark Souls 2 was they gave you all this cool gear, but it never really felt like one thing was any really that different from another besides just, oh. you know, you do a little bit more damage and stuff like that. So having having gear that actually affects the way your combat works would be cool. All right. So you're looking forward to... Yeah, Dark absolutely. Souls. Cool. To Dark Souls, no, to Darksiders. Yeah. Um, one thing you might be looking forward to, but you're not going to get, is Halo <laughs> 6 at E3. Surprising. Sadly, yeah. It's I, I I thought with what they uh, we heard about last week that we might see something, but um, yeah. So that kind of makes me wonder what they're gonna be pushing the um, the Scorpio with. They don't have a Halo. Yeah. They probably don't have a Gears of War. 
right? Gears I mean, we haven't heard is... anything from from Crackdown in a while. Maybe Crackdown's it. Maybe, but I think Crackdown is one of those things that some people are really, you know, hoping for. But I don't think it pushes. It's it isn't console pushing level thing. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I'm talking more about the the technology um, mm. behind behind Crackdown might be something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I played Halo Wars two. And that was the first time I turned on my Xbox since ReCore came out. <laughs> and even ReCore wasn't that great, and I kind of preferred to just play Halo instead. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of sad that if Halo 6 isn't at E3 this year, then that means it's probably not going to come out till next year. Yeah. Um, and that's a little disappointing just because of the way that Halo 5 kind of ended with mm. in a mush, you know? Um, yeah, well, so the Microsoft conference just got actually, I think, more interesting yeah. uh, by the virtue of uh, absence of a Halo 6. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they show off um, RDR2 at the Microsoft conference, just because Ooh. that was such... that was, And if Microsoft nails that kind of exclusive or whatever, um, not as far as the game coming out, but for the conference... Um, it would be interesting, and they could use that to show off the Scorpio for sure. Mm. But didn't they have? Didn't RDR like the trailer wasn't uh, wasn't it on PlayStation like PlayStation branding? Um, maybe. I'm I'm gonna check. I don't that remember because I yeah. thought Sony had um, had kind of associated themselves with it. No, it's not. It's just Rockstar. Yeah, okay. when it, so it wasn't any conference last year, no, which no, surprised course, everyone. Yeah. And I think it was going to be at the PlayStation conference, but then they had um, the... A shooting the, happened. The shooting happened, and they didn't want to sh- show that stuff off. That's Such what we I think heard, it was, yeah. It was in like a nightclub, right? And so mm-hmm. the, they probably were going to show um, that the guy from our, from our... I don't remember his name, um, like going into a bar. Right, and right, right. It, that, that kind of makes me think of, of the Mr. West, you know, Mr. So they, Marston. They, right. Yeah. John Marston. He didn't, they didn't want to show, do that. So right. I don't think they have any like exclusivity for real. And but so, just, uh, yeah, mark a marketing deal of some sort, like, yeah. like Sony does with a number of other, um, developers. But I mean, mm-hmm. destiny has that, uh, maybe they, yeah. Microsoft yep. could, I mean, that would be that would be good. As as you said, I really don't see ha- them having an exclusivity on Red Dead Redemption Two. That is just not going to happen because Rockstar. They, they there's no way they could pay enough to make up for the money Rockstar would lose by not being present on one of the consoles. So yeah, that's and why. So they but, um, they have they have said that there is an exclusive like DLC or something like more exclusive for the PlayStation version of the game. Oh, okay. So there so, was something. So there was something. Okay. I, I, I'd thought about that too, yeah. Okay, right. So, um, it, you know, in that case, it, this is usually a, you know, content marketing deal, which means they will not be featured exclusively at Microsoft's conference. Yeah, so that was if my anything, only guess. So be, now I have yeah. nothing. <laughs> so, right, right. So now it's like, hmm, all right. Well, I guess we'll see. It will be, as yeah. I said, interesting. A um, month from now. It's a month yeah, from now. It's Z3. coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, have you played Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? No, but I've seen a bunch of videos from it because it seems to be getting being really popular. 
lately. It is like everyone is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, it's kind of a Daisy, um, yeah, kind of game, survival like Ark, survival evolved, all of those types of things, uh, developed by a well-known modder called called uh, Player Unknown, and so he made he was modding different games, and he ended up making his own called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and uh, it's already sold two million units. It's pre-access, I mean, uh, early access. Um, and the, the idea of the game is that you play uh, with a hundred other players who are who parachute down on an island, and then you have to survive and kill everyone else, and you have to be the last one. And it's hmm. incredibly sl- slow and uh, methodical, and of course, you know, you get shot once, you die. So it's it's you you really have to be uh, careful in the way you play the game. And um, if but. If you die, you can just jump into another game. So it's yeah, right. not that, you know, you don't invest like you did in those other <laughs> games, like hours and days of your life. And then you have to start from the beginning if you if someone uh, uh, steals all your stuff or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think that's my kind of game. But uh, what did you think? So you saw a bunch of... Uh, videos yeah i think the the idea sounds really interesting I, I might try it for like a game or two um but i'm not big into the the daisy kind of games or anything like that so right um i don't know how much it'll really appeal to me but the idea of it how it's like one person to survive seems kind of cool it is you know the idea is really cool and it it sort of does its trick on me as well but what I, I once I'm actually confronted with the thing, you know, as as we've said a few times, I kind of enjoy the popcorn games more <laughs> mm-hmm. than uh, the 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 more hardcore stuff I've I found, and and in this case, the idea is cool, but when you actually jump into the game, what actually happens is that you're crouch walking for kilometers on end trying not to be seen by the other uh right. desperate souls on the island and once when when one sees you they either shoot you in the head and you're dead or like they run you over with a car or whatever and your game is over and again i understand that some people love that kind of thing but i don't think it's it's for me yeah i'm worried that if i played like one game i would just die right away yeah, I mean, if I played two games, I would die after like five minutes, and then I'd just be like, "No, nah, this isn't for me." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, even if you don't die, you're really trying to survive for the majority right. of the game, and I don't think it's like surviving as in, uh, you know, The Last of Us, where you're in these beautiful environment with a little bit of traversal, or you're just going from shack to shack trying to find a bullet for your gun that you don't have right. bullets yeah. for. So. Anyway, it, I mean, it's coming to consoles, so everyone will have an opportunity to try it. And it is incredibly popular. It's two millions already. Uh, it came out a few weeks ago only um, in early access, as I said. So there are a lot of people who enjoy that game. So if that's something you think you might like, go check it out because it's definitely popular. Um, this next bit of news is kind of a throwback to a time when the, the entire industry was all about MMORPGs <laughs> and I don't think I would have talked about it if it didn't have to do with that because it's really minor but um, The Secret World Legends is uh, coming out soon-ish 
And if you guys remember, there was a, an MMORPG called The Secret World. Do you remember that one? It came out towards the tail end oh, yeah. of the craze. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It's still pretty, it's still like the people that love it still love it, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. It's basically the, the modern world, but with uh, lots of fantastical, like, Cthulhu and vampires and zombies and yeah. all of that and secret societies and um, it's kind of fun and they're making it basically into a single player game called the Secret World Legends so it's a separate title um, and it and it leverages all of their um, assets and their uh, content from the Secret World and makes it into a, a single player game kind of but it's it's instance and you can also have multiplayer but it's not an mmorpg it feels like a little bit of recycling and especially the graphics are from the secret world so they feel dated uh but i kind of find the the idea interesting of taking an mmo and converting it into what i'm sure is going to feel very much like an mmo but alone um but sort of smooth the experience leveling curve and make it into a single player slash multiplayer experience. I, 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 the idea is intriguing. I'm not expecting this to be incredibly popular, but um, what do you think? Is that, I mean, it's original. Yeah, I mean, if it, a single player experience, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't think I have the, the time or the, the desire to play another MMO, um, you know, so... I think uh, a shared the shared world single player experience, even if it's like kind of Destiny ish or whatever, it seems kind of cool. Mm. Um, I mean, it, I'm, n- I'm never going to go play that game. Just to be clear, I'm no, <laughs> way I, too many I actually might. To do, but... I actually might. Oh, you might. Okay. Did you play yeah. the Secret World? No, I did back but, in the day. But, oh, okay. but uh, the idea of such a thing it, it intrigues me enough that that mm. I might give it a, a shot. You know. Mm. All right. Um, Vanquish is coming to the PC and Vanquish uh, we heard about this when uh, Bayonetta came to Steam and it's another one of those uh, of those games that uh, the Japanese developers are realizing oh there's a market for our games on, on PC as well in the West awesome let's put all of them there um, so it's basically Platinum Games putting another one of those games uh, of their titles on the PC. It's coming in uh, 10 days, I think. And the reason I'm mentioning it is that whenever we talk about uh, games that people should play, Vanquish is mentioned. Uh, it's fairly old. It was yeah. from 2010. It came on. Uh, it came out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Um, and it's an, another you know Platinum game. So it's not. It might not be for everyone. It's kind of like near Automata, which everyone is loving and saying that everyone should play. Um, it's one of the, the one of the original platinum games, right? Right. You know, it, um, one of those that that brought them to the forefront of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm I've been told several times I should play that game. It's one of the. It's world. I've I've heard that the the game is kind of like, um, it's very fast paced. Uh, so you have to do a lot of um, you have to re- you play through the first first set of missions or, or you finish the game basically and you're like wow that was really fast mm. like 
it, but the idea is that you can you go back and play it and you try to get better but also i think there's also like a kind of new game plus kind of kind of style but it, well, that's um, what near automata does yeah uh, very like the, very the, very much like near automata as far mm-hmm. as the the style in the of the game right maybe maybe near pushes the different experiences when you replay two three four times um right yeah well so there you go you might want to try that out um and uh we've just heard today that uh there is well i don't know it's the wall street journal reporting that uh zelda is coming to smartphones which Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm happy about i mean depends depends what it is (laughs) exactly uh I kind of fell off Fire Emblem Heroes really hard Mm. Um, because it just it's it is Fire Emblem. It is there. But the the one the thing that I love about Fire Emblem is like building up your team as you progress through these these missions and every character kind of gives you it has a different um, viewpoint. The coolest things about Fire Emblem is being able to if you have a person on your team that um you think could maybe convince someone on the other side uh, it, it's all planned but a character on the other side named character you walk over with them and um and talk to them the best example of this is in one of the one of the games you had there's a a swordman that's on the enemy team and he's kind of like you th- th- they start the mission he's like eh, i'm not a big fan of this group or whatever i'm just a mercenary and you go talk to them with one of your healers a female healer and the healer is like one of your you need that character and you're throwing her into enemy lines in order to talk to this person um so those kind of things with the way the fire Emblem healers worked is everything you just kind of like got random healer heroes or a couple of random heroes and stuff like that and that works really well if you want people to keep buying your uh your micro, microtransactions but it doesn't really do anything for uh, you know, those of us that are higher class and don't don't subscribe <laughs> to microtransactions in that way, you know. Right. So, right. Um, uh, it depends on what it is. If it's if it's good, it could be good, you know. <laughs> um, I, I kind of hope also that that it doesn't have to be always online like the Super Mario Run game did, because mm. um, that kind of that was kind of a bummer in for that game for me at least. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah. I'm. I mean, it's gonna depend. Uh, you're right. If it's a Zelda game, then maybe. If it's you know, Link's match three and yeah, you know that that whatever it. Really, the, hmm. Did you ever play Oceanhorn? No, it but was, everyone uh, says it's Zelda for yeah, iOS. Yeah, Zelda on, on iOS. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was it was pretty good. I, I'd never finished it, but I played a, enough of it to kind of get the feeling of it, and um, it's pretty good. So it's not like it's not like it can't be done, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, but I don't see Nintendo going out and putting like an actual adventure Zelda game on the smartphones, which is why I'm not holding my breath. I yeah, think no, it's going to be a Zelda. Have to say it though. Do you have to say it out loud? <laughs> <laughs> All right, another thing I can say out loud is people have no idea what the switch is. And <laughs> <laughs> so this is a Nielsen study, uh, which, you know, whatever, it's not necessarily 100% uh, reliable, but um, only 7% of their people who are n- the, the people participating in the study, it's non-gamers, 
age 13 years old or older, um, only 7% knew what the Switch was. Over mm -hmm. 50% knew what the PlayStation 4 was, and 41% uh, knew what the Xbox One was. So it's not people who are completely unaware of what the the games game consoles are, but 7% for the Switch? You know, it's funny. It's uh, We live, I guess, in our gamer bubble, and I, of course yeah. I wouldn't expect it to be non-gamers. I wouldn't expect as many of them to understand what the switch is as you know people who understand what the playstation 4 is but seven percent i mean already playstation 4 only 50 percent of non-gamers know what it is how can you not know you know well, it's like do you know what uh, uh uh i don't know what a movie is do you know what <laughs> a, a, i mean an iphone of course everyone's gonna know but it seems like more than 50 percent of the non-gamer population should know what a PlayStation 4 is. Maybe they maybe if they had asked what a PlayStation is, the the answer would have been much higher. But, yeah, um, and remember it's only 50% like one and two. Well, you know? yes, I understand that, but Yeah, uh, so you know, so it's just every other person doesn't know. So you just yeah. need to turn to your neighbor, your neighbor and say, <laughs> "Can can we please talk about our Lord and Savior Sony PlayStation 4, please?" <laughs> But will, uh, yeah. as far as as far as the Nintendo Switch, that number doesn't surprise me. The reason why it's like such a big deal is because the Wii was such like a fantastic thing right out of the gate, and everyone and their mother mm -hmm. wanted it. Um, the reason why I'm not surprised by the number is it's only been out for two months, exactly. versus the PlayStation Four and Xbox, which has been out for like two and a half years, three and a half years, somewhere yeah, like that. Three and a half, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think the, the thing is, again, it's a reflection on our on our bubble. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, for us, like the Switch is enormous. It's, it's really surprisingly popular. And mm -hmm. for regular people, we, we haven't had a Christmas with the Switch yet. I think by, by next Christmas, by the That's next true. holiday period, a, a lot more people will have heard about the switch and I, of... I think i think nintendo's marketing is going to shift away from like one two switch which is the only thing they're really marketing mm. um f into like zelda and mario yes absolutely. they're gonna and mario kart especially arms maybe a little bit but those two uh like capstones i guess to their to their the marketing push they're gonna show like 10 out of 10s and this yeah. game is the best game since sliced bread kind of thing for Zelda. <laughs> and sliced bread and was already a really good game. That was so. a great game. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so they, they're going to, they're going to shift their marketing towards that. And that's going to make it become uh, much more in, in the mindset of people. Well, um, I think, I, I think, think towards the holiday period, we're going to have uh, Mario and Zelda being pushed yeah. like nonstop. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and we're going to see, uh, Mario Odyssey at E3 too, so we're gonna True. start they, getting hyped. They announced they announced that they're having their their big conference on the 13th uh, yep. this week. That was one of the things in the news. Yep, um, and it's gonna be it's mostly mostly uh, Mario Odyssey. So yeah, and they said that they're gonna show off a lot, if not all, of the 3DS and Switch games that are coming out this year. So it's interesting mm. that they're still have a little bit of um 3ds emphasis um yeah. i guess did you talk about the 2ds last week at all yeah the 2ds xl yeah. yeah yeah that's an that's an interesting one too yeah um, i mean it's it's not unusual for nintendo to uh to to finish you know 
pressing yeah. everything they can out it's of true. a format and uh and it's a good you know it's a good that, format for the for the DS thing, family that that 2ds xl looks really pretty <laughs> you know that's funny uh, that's what i was saying last time i was like i have a 3ds i don't need anything else but yep. i looked at it and i was like maybe i should get one but uh it's it's cheaper than the 3ds xl or new 3ds or whatever it is of course yeah So, um, if you, if there are any games that you really are dying to play from, from that are exclusive to that, like Xenoblade or, um, the ones that, that are really crappy on the old 3DS, like Hyrule Warriors, um, the 2DS would be the one to play it on just, uh, just price wise. I guess. Yeah. If you, yeah. I mean, I have, I still have a hard time recommending it to someone who's a, an actual gamer, but, mm -hmm. um, because there are so you, many, I, you know. It, 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 if the, you don't the future have a 3DS, is the, the Switch, right? So yeah, but if you don't have the 3DS, if you don't have a 3DS, and you never play a 3DS, and you're like still wanting to, then the 2DS, I think, is the best option. Oh, of course, of course, because yeah, there's no question. There's yeah. the backlog of games that you can play in the 3DS is incredible. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, I guess that is going to be it for us. A uh, bunch of stuff we discussed. Uh, I don't know how much news there's going to be for the next show. We'll see if we do one or if we just <laughs> wait for E3 to wash over us. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, until then, where can people find you, Ed? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Adidesis, and uh, that will be in the show notes. Um, I stream live usually Monday nights around 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, this week I'm playing, I'm finishing up the very tail end of Valkyria Chronicles. I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles on the stream for a good two months or so. Um, so I'm finishing that up and then I'll, I'll start whatever, whatever else kind of floats my boat coming up uh, here. Vanquish. So maybe Vanquish. Vanquish mm -hmm. would be a good choice. There you go. Um, so yeah, that's, right. that's how you find me. Cool. Uh, thank you, Ed. And for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find the show at frenchspin.com and you can also find the Phileas Club there, a show where we talk about world news with people from different countries, different places, uh, different cultures who might think differently differently on things. Uh, we, or the latest one we did was about the French election with different people from France. So if you think you want to find out more about uh, this incredibly important election, because it's basically defining uh, Europe and thus the world, <laughs> um, you can go check that out. It's available at frenchspin.com and it's called The Phileas Club. That is going to be it for us. We will talk to you again in probably a couple of weeks. And if not, at E3. Talk to you then. Bye. <laughs>